everyone, welcome to the first official episode of Uncovered Reports. I'm your host, Kainat. And I'm your host, Sarah. In today's session, we'll be talking about how journalists report on crime. And we actually have a special guest with us today who can elaborate on that further. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Monica Charlie, and I'm a reporter for NewsQuest Media. And I cover breaking news across South East London and sometimes in South East London for a number of papers. Mm-hmm. So Monica, how did you get into writing about crime? So when I was at university, I made sure that I'd done some work experience at the local papers. And after I finished, I got a job at a local paper. When you work at a local paper, you're expected to do lots of different things, which means I have the opportunity to not just cover lifestyle stories, but also crime when it comes up. So you know how you write about crime. How do you feel about the true crime genre? Because our magazine also delves into that. Is that something that interests you? I like true crime because I think sometimes things aren't always said uh, mm-hmm. or addressed when they should be about a crime. I think when you first report, say, breaking news, you report what you're told by the police and that's it. But with true crime, people usually go back and look at every single detail. Mm. It's quite interesting. So since your job also has to do with like getting people to speak on sensitive topics firsthand, I wanted to know like how do journalists approach people? Like what do you say so they're like comfortable enough to speak? It's very difficult. Even today I spoke to a dad whose child has been missing since 1988. So his child would have been 48 Mm -hmm. this week. And he featured in a documentary about a year or two years ago called Missing or Murdered. Um, so obviously to this day, they don't know what, what's happened to their son. And I've had the opportunity to speak to him on the phone about this and how he's feeling on his son's birthday. Um, with this, I tend not to go straight into, into what's happened. So mm. when I rang him, we were talking about his day. He was telling me about the weather. He was telling me that I should get out because it's sunny. Um, and I spoke about the more, even though it's an awful, awful subject, the more light-hearted bit of it, such as the good side of it. So even though he's not found his son, he's made great friends from the campaign groups and the missing mm-hmm. persons charity. So we first spoke about the charity and how they've helped him and how it's great that he's been able to connect with other parents who've lost their child. Mm-hmm. And then once we built a rapport, I was then able to ask, how he's currently feeling on his son's birthday and how he copes with these things and then talk about the more delicate sides of the topic. So it's important mm-hmm. to not rush not rush into it because you're on a time restraint. With these things, you can't rush because you need to get to know the person before you're asking them to literally expose them themselves. True. And you yeah. also have to like get them to trust you in that moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So when he was... Um, he was a really nice man. So when he was speaking about his grandkids, you know, I was talking about kids and how they're a blessing during this time and how kids make you smile. Mm-hmm. So it's important to connect. And he was just telling me what he does day to day. And I was saying how much different he is from my granddad and just finding there's always a way to find something in common with someone. Oh, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious about what your experience is like. Um, for example, you know the Mitchum case with the attempted abduction how what was that like for you to cover those types of cases 
So I'm a local paper. So for me, it's very important to get that story out first, even though a national newspaper has more resources um, and more people to get a story out quicker. You know, you're not expected to do as much things in a day. But with my story, just because I'm breaking news, I'm still expected to do six a day. So Mm -hmm. in my head, I had to get that out first, regardless if they've got more people than me, because this is I take it really, you know, direct and personal. Like, this is my paper, this is my area. I can't yeah. let the sun, say, get the story out about my area that I'm covering first when I'm a local paper. Mm-hmm. So I take it very, um, obviously, very seriously anyway, because of the type of topic it is. But I was the first to break the news. It was a social media video circulating on Facebook that there had been an attempted abduction. Um, I put in lines with the police really early and they didn't get back to me till three o'clock. And I said to my boss, we can't hold out on this anymore because this is really serious. And I believe that this video, we can do something with the video. Um, So I basically picked that video apart and wrote the story based on dialogue and what was being said in the video. Um, so I took it very seriously straight away Um I looked at all different avenues to try and report the story without the police lines. Um, I followed the case very closely throughout. So say if yeah. I finished at 5.30pm, my brain can't switch off. I mm-hmm. want to know if he's been charged. And I know that after 8 o'clock, there's no one on the late shift. So I'm thinking, so if something happens past 8 o'clock, what am I meant to do? Let the, the national newspaper just report it before me um, yeah so how I would cover it I'm literally I have my phone by my side I have Twitter open sometimes even when I'm off work if I know the case is as serious as, a, as an abduction and mm-hmm. I'm constantly checking because you can't help it with these stories they're so important and they affect so many people I can't just switch off so yeah and that's completely understandable yeah and in terms of the emotional impact and the sensitive type of thing with it um I was able to get the exclusive story with the family pretty much the next mm-hmm. day um they turned down like loose women ITV everywhere you name it they turned it down so I knew if I was going to interview this family who's just got something horrific including an abduction I need to treat it with real importance and make sure that I get it so right because I'm the only person yeah. who's getting to report it. Um, yeah, I had to really push the mum to even speak for the first mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes, which is, which is understandable because she's only just... Um, yeah. She's only just done it. She's only just stopped an attempted abduction. It's not something you do every day. Exactly. So I had to be very careful and understand that it was very fresh and new when I went ahead to report mm-hmm. that and speak to her. That must be really hard on you as well because it is your job and you have to kind of, you know, prompt them to speak about it. But at the same time, it's such a, you know, harrowing subject that you feel for them as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I've i got a thing where I don't usually think about the severity of it sometimes till after it's happened. So I, I knew what had happened was horrific and I knew it was really bad. But if I kept that, playing on my mind then I was never going to get the story done yeah I usually have a delayed reaction so once it's the story's done and dusted the next few days I might think oh my god that is 
so awful mm-hmm. and it hit me much later but with the mother she was really lovely to talk to and it was just that she was still quite shocked um and you know her kids were involved in this too her her kid who was the youngest one I think she was 11 years old she's the one who said mum I think someone's being kidnapped so So young she's so young and she's witnessed something or she thought she witnessed something and she was right and she went with her gut so her mum was being you know she's very concerned for her child who's just had to go through something yeah completely yeah yeah so when I was speaking to her I was asking about her child how her child is doing how are they doing and I hope they've managed to get some rest thank you Mm -hmm. so much for taking time out when you've literally only just gone through this yeah just about being empathetic I think the moment you can't really do that um and you can't try and step into someone's shoes I don't know how the story's going to be great when you can't even really connect with them or even That's understand true. where they're coming from. Just hearing you speak, like I can tell like how distressing it can be in the moment. Like, How do you deal with the stress and pressure of writing crime stories? Because it's one thing for like us as readers to read about it, but for you, you're like writing and like in-depth research about these things. So like, I want to know how like you deal with it mentally i feel like right now if i'm all honest i'm working from home and i have you know my sister you know she don't want to be bugged by me or my mum will be at home (laughs) so i feel like i've been able to distress by telling them what's happening as it's happening Mm -hmm. whereas when i was in the office i didn't really want to show my face looking too distressed in front of all my colleagues but at home I'm actually working from home right now so it's actually been a lot easier in terms of dealing with emotions on the job yeah obviously I've got more used to it now so sometimes when I report a story it is it it comes across obviously that I've reported it which I have but I don't really sometimes even realize the how bad it is sometimes with a story like mm-hmm. I'm so used to because even if I'm not reporting it, my colleagues are reporting it. So I'm so used to a Met Police line coming about, oh, this person's been stabbed or this person's been assaulted or this person's just been in a fight, this person's been attacked. Like, it is constant. So sometimes I, I just write it and then my mum might read it and she'll, she'd be like, oh, my God, you reported this today. And I was like, oh, gosh, yeah, that happened. Mm. So you're, like, numb in the moment. Yeah. Yeah right but I think you have to be like that because if you're if you're if I worry about what it is then I won't get it done Mm -hmm. and I won't get the news out and people in the local areas need to know about the news which is going on in their area so I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I've just decided to be all emotional Mm -hmm. on the job Mm -hmm. and be delaying stories which need to know like if there's just been a stabbing someone needs to know they might not want their kids going home from school by themselves if there's just been a stabbing. So it's important that I get it out as quickly as and as efficiently as possible. Yeah, I mean, it sounds a bit bad, but as a journalist, sometimes you have to desensitise yourself to report things in you know, a proper way. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I feel like I'm a very... Maybe it comes with the job, though, but I'm very... Um, I like I'm very talkative I'm very sociable and I've never really had an issue about saying if I need help or if I need support or if I'm struggling 
like my boss has always said is he knows that if I need help I'm gonna say and I've never mm-hmm. had an issue with telling my family how I'm feeling about a job or whether a case has upset me so when you're writing these things you need to be able to share how you're feeling with someone that you know and if you don't have anyone you can share it with then it, it might be a bit harder to in the long term on dealing with these stories but I have a good support system so that's really good nice friends and I can tell them about what I'm writing yeah so you must have a lot of content to cover in a day so before you start writing where do you like source these stories from and find stories to cover so obviously I cover other stories but there's days where if you're if you're working for a company and you're looking to generate news, um, like um, policing news, for example, mm-hmm. crime news, because obviously crime news is going to do well online. It's going to do a lot of numbers because it's usually quite shocking. So, you know, people will click on it and say you're low on views and there hasn't been any crime for a while. You can source crime news from, say, Crime Stoppers online. So if you go on Crime Stoppers and you're just looking for criminals who are still wanted in London, you can literally find out who the police are still looking for on Crime Stoppers and write up an article saying, you know, in capital letters, wanted um, with their faces on the gallery and the, the I- images are from Crime Stoppers and the police. And then mm-hmm. you write about what they've done, when they've done it, how they're still at large. So it's not as hard to generate a crime story as people think or you can generate a story on unsolved murders and look back through the system look back through say google news and see all the murders which have been say unsolved in an area Mm -hmm. by typing in the area um or you can if you're looking for a lighter-hearted way of reporting news and trying to source it yourself you can always see if a new say crime documentaries being filmed about an incident in your area so I done a story called what was it called it was about an honor killing which obviously this one isn't light-hearted it was about honor killing and the killing actually happened in the area I cover and even though it happened many many years ago ITV were doing a documentary on it mm. so because they were doing a documentary on it even though it was old it's being re-brought up again and that yeah. allowed me to look for their press pack which mm-hmm. they released to members of the public which you can literally go on google and search say the tv program on the press pack and that one press pack has loads of interviews from the actual people who were involved in the case so sourcing crime news isn't as hard as people would think because there's many outlets to source crime news from do they release those press packs like immediately after to be honest, they release them before the show's about like oh okay. yeah before it's about to launch. Like the these companies, they want they want everyone to know that they're doing this thing, so more people tune in at the time. So obviously, it's an advantage for say members of the press because they've been given all these details way before the show's even launched, and they can generate say a, a like a few articles just from that one press pack. Hmm. I wanted to personally, like, this is off topic, but I wanted to personally ask, you know, when, for example, you you are the first person to break news, 
but there's not enough information to put it out yet mm-hmm. like what do you do in that moment okay so if it's really serious so there was a story about a man and he was set on fire in Mitcham which is in South London an area in South London was in the London borough of Merton and all I saw on Twitter on their traffic column was that a road was blocked and there was a few police there so usually though when you see this you might think oh there's just been a crash and police have been called say um so obviously it's not usually treated with any urgency but I had a hunch that it was serious and there was a reason that there was police cars beyond it being a crash um Mm. so I told my boss he said obviously there's not much you can do at this stage because there's nothing to say was well you can't see all it, all you've got right now is the 8a update update saying oh you can't use this road road blocked um so with that i contacted the police straight away and they got back to me pretty quickly and i was able to start a live blog because obviously the investigation was ongoing and they've just found a man dead set on fire so because it was mm-hmm. ongoing there's only so much they were going to say at the time quite early on so they said I didn't even know he'd have been set on fire. All we knew is that a man was found dead. So because I yeah. only knew that, but I knew that updates were going to go on throughout the day, me and my boss, we launched a live vlog. So we just said, hi, guys, police are at Mitcham Common. We'll let you know more information as and when we know more. And then the next 15 minutes, we dropped in a few lines about what had happened. And then we were able to fill in the gaps whilst we were waiting for the police with traffic news, how the buses are on diversion. Then we contacted London Ambulance Service to get separate lines from them on what time they were called. And so you can still find ways to report the news whilst you're waiting for more to come in. Mm. And do you write like attempted or allegedly? Allegedly, that's the word, yeah. Yeah. So when this come out obviously the police confirmed it so i could say police have confirmed this this has actually happened but what they didn't confirm is that the man was set on fire and the sun newspaper i'm pretty sure it was the sun they broke the news about it it be him potentially being set on fire so i went back on the live blog and said the man has allegedly or reportedly been set on fire as reported by the sun newspaper then I put in more lines of the police oh, and asked them to okay. confirm it. And they didn't confirm it straight away. But once they released the new press release about it, I was able to update the blog again. So I was still informing oh. people that there was a possibility that it happened, but it, I, it wasn't confirmed by the police. So I couldn't say that. Mm-hmm. So just to wrap things up, do you have any tips or advice for people who are interested in writing about like crime? Yes. Um, so if you want to go into writing crime, you, you you have to learn over time, I guess, to be able to adapt quickly, to write quickly and to be able to say if you're focusing on another story, you've got to learn how to balance your time well. Mm, so that's the first thing, definitely. learn to write within time restraints. And then the second thing is obviously fact check fact check fact check because you can't be writing stuff which is going to go out to the members of the public about a really horrific thing or serious thing and then 
then somehow try and say later that it wasn't true or it wasn't completely correct because even if it's like the slightest little thing which is wrong that could be someone's family member and they'd be still seriously impacted by a tiny a, a little word which is wrong. yeah so you need to be really careful and um, you should learn to be sensitive when approaching people about something which has happened to them even if you think oh this happened to them a long time ago like you still need to treat it as if I guess it happened yesterday yeah definitely but yeah just um if you want to do it so yeah time restraints is the main thing fact checking that's an important thing and go with your hunch because there's so many times like I've just seen a police helicopter and sometimes it's honestly nothing and it's nothing to report on but I have a hunch and I contact the police and sometimes it's a really big thing like a shooting so always go with your hunch and trust mm-hmm. your hunch that's really important as a journalist to always trust your instincts uh, yeah definitely there's been so much breaking news done from a hunch yeah sometimes you just get like a feeling in your bones and you just have to try and run with it obviously you run with it professionally so yeah I've got mm-hmm. a hunch so I'm going to contact the police about this Right, it's better to run with it than it being something serious and you like completely dismissed it in that yeah, time. Yeah, just because you think, oh, okay, well, for example, like I know it sounds bad, but um, well, I didn't realize before, but there's quite often a police helicopter is searching for a missing person, but it's so often that you can't go to the police every time and say, oh, there's a helicopter in the air, because it actually yeah. is more often than you think in terms of someone might go missing. Mm, yeah. so it's not always that you can jump on the police and say oh well this must be something this must be something but usually your hunch is right I think as you continue to write more you learn to trust it more yeah exactly so thank you so much for featuring on our podcast Monica uh, we really appreciate your insight into the topic um, I think it's really good to get a look at the other side like the behind the scenes of how journalists report on crime And thank you to everyone that listened. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Tuning to the next episode of Uncover Reports, where we'll be covering the Netflix documentary, The Vanishing at Cecil Hotel. You definitely won't want to miss it. See you then. Thank you. Bye. Bye.